The Lord be with you. Also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by whose providence your servant John the Baptist was wonderfully born and sent to prepare the way of your son, our Savior, by preaching repentance, make us so to follow his teaching and holy life that we may truly repent according to his preaching and following his example, constantly speak the truth, boldly rebuke vice and patiently suffer for the truth's sake through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good morning, friends. So this entire fall, we've been looking at the topic of discipleship through the lens of particular passages and different topics. And today, as you know, if you've been in church, marks the start of Advent. Um, and so for this season, we're gonna be looking at discipleship through the lens of some of the key figures in our Advent and Nativity stories for each of the next three weeks. The prayer that we just prayed is the collect for um, the Nativity of St. John the Baptist, which is celebrated on June 24th. Um, and so today, as um, Zach said uh, before the 910, we're going to be looking at discipleship through the lens of John the Baptist. I think it follows nicely to actually find John here um, after Zach's um, and your talk last week on some of the challenges of discipleship um, because John the Baptist story is one with perhaps with significant challenges. Um, so let's start kind of with who he is. Can somebody give me a high level? Um, who is John the Baptist? A little bit of his story, anyone? Yeah, Zach. He was a Baptist. He was a Baptist. <laughs> well, not in the term that we would think of it. He was a baptizer, perhaps. Um, others, um, John the Baptist story, yes. He's the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah, and uh, he even uh, was a disciple in the womb because when Elizabeth and Mary met, um, he reacted when they were both pregnant. So according to Luke, he's the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah. According to Luke, right? Luke's the one who's establishing all the genealogy and puts him in the same line. Nobody else mentions that one in the Synoptic Gospels. Yep, what else? What else do we know about him? Yeah. He went off into the wilderness and ate lots of honey and locusts. Locusts and honey, man, that was his thing, right? Yeah. Right? And dressed in animal hides. And, you are spot on with that. And um, bathed people in the River Jordan. One of those, one of those mm -hmm. places. Yep, yep. Um, end of sentence. Okay, <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, you got all of that, yes. And he says over and over and over and over, I'm not the savior, I'm not the Messiah. Mm. It's not me, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. Right. But he's coming. It's yeah. My but it's my cousin. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, he doesn't say that part, but yeah. yes, he does say, <laughs> he says, it's, it's not, not me. It's not, it's not. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other things. His big word is repent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Which means what? What does repent mean? Turning back to To God. turn around, right? To turn around. Yeah. To change one's way. Yes. So, so John pretty much laid the foundation for Jesus's um, following uh, that he would take over as, um, as what I remember reading. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good, good. Other other thoughts? He baptized Jesus. He baptizes Jesus. Yeah. 
And then what happens? If you're, if you're, if you're reading Mark, what, what happens to John the Baptist? He gets beheaded, yeah. Right? He gets beheaded, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're just at the beginning of his story today. So, so let me ask you this. You've said some of this, but let's make it plain. Why is John the Baptist relevant to our time of preparation in Advent? Why is he who we're talking about today? Yeah, Joe. Advent's about preparing for the coming of Jesus, both as the nativity scene, but also for the kingdom of God. So it's that all that preparation, and John was the, basically the prep chef. John was the prep chef. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his story is told in Advent because literally he comes before Jesus to help uh, remind us to prepare the way. Um, in fact, um, his story begins at the very beginning of Mark's gospel. It's not the one we did this week, but we'll read it next week. Mark 1, right? And um, the, uh, there are some other parts, but then John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the River Jordan, confessing their sins. See, there's Jordan. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I've baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's next week's gospel where we jump right in um, to the gospel of Mark, which we will be in for the entirety of year B. Um, and um, that's where we start. Yes? Did he uh, the question was, did he introduce the concept of the Holy Spirit? Gosh, I have to go to the text to kind of see who does what when. I th uh, in which gospel, right? Because they're different about who talks about what um, in each gospel. Here in Mark, this is absolutely the first mention. Okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that it happens that way in the others. So let me not answer that definitively and get outside the text. So we've talked about John the Baptist. We've talked about his story. So tell me a little bit about what you think discipleship looks like from this lens. Discipleship is about being bold, taking bold According actions. to John the Baptist, yes. discipleship is about being bold, yes. taking bold actions. OK, what else? We've got an ascent over here. What else? What 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 does discipleship look like in the form of John the Baptist? Um, support. Support. Tell me more about that. Where John the Baptist is consistently um, telling people and being sure about the fact that Jesus is the one who is going to come, and Jesus is the one who is going to do all the great things, and then. And he, and then when Jesus comes, he follows up on everything, and he baptizes Jesus in the river, and yada yada. And then what it was at the dove and the explosion, and 
whatever, whatever happens during that time. This is my son and something, something. I, with him, I am well pleased. That's what he says. Um, so I think that's part of it too. You are like the ringer for the day. Thank you, thank you, yes. He's also um, the advance team. He's the advance team. Yeah, he's he's out there saying, you know, someone better is coming along. I'm just here to prepare the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else? Go ahead. He also starts and I think Jesus follows up on this, on making a, 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 a difference between ordinary people and the establishment, if you will. I think John coins the viper's term, uh, you know, in terms of really going after hypocrisy in the bureaucracy, in, in that sense. You brood of vipers, yep, all right. Other thoughts, yep. Courage. Courage. A voice on its own, mm. declaring this in, this in a society where this was unexpected. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like a teacher. Like a teacher, okay. All right, yep. Was there another one at the back table? Yes. I think he was completely passionate mm. about what was coming and he had a <laughs> unconditional commitment to to that and um, he didn't he was not afraid mm. of preaching the word yeah yeah great so we've got all these different images I'm sorry one more over here I was gonna say he was he was all in this is all he was doing this wasn't hmm. his part-time job <laughs> <laughs> you know he was this is what he was dedicating himself yeah, to doing. Yeah. So we've got all these different images of John the Baptist that um, are that we think are marks of his particular form of discipleship. Is John the Baptist one of Jesus's disciples? Yes. Oh, not one of the twelve. But I have a yes. Yeah. Say more about that. In many ways, he was like the first disciple. Oh. Um, he was the one that was like blazing the trail for the rest of us to mm. go down that path and follow Jesus. Mm. And actually, in one of the Gospels, um, I think it's John, um, where two of Jesus's disciples, Andrew and Philip, perhaps, are John the Baptist's disciples who then go to follow Jesus. Um, so I hear all these different categories and characteristics. Um, I think they kind of all um, fall into two categories um, that sum up uh, John the Baptist, and that is authenticity in action and authenticity in speech. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, authenticity in action right? Um, because of what he's doing, how he's living his life. This is not a part-time gig for him. He is all in, and he is here to get us ready and make plain what the road is. Sorry? Uh, I like that. Not an, an, uh, a part-time gig. Yeah. He's there. Yep, he is there. And so, so a leader. A leader. 
He is, but he's a reluctant leader in some ways, right? He has his own disciples who are interested in being baptized in the water, but he's also kind of, um, I don't know who, who was it who said, he's always pointing like, no, 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 not me. I, I'm not the one, it's this other guy over here, right? And that's a, a defining characteristic of him. So in terms of his actions, we talked about how he's running around eating wild honey and locusts and whatnot. And you know, to me, it's kind of interesting. He, his life, the life he lives, um, the stories we have of him, almost, I mean, they call forth uh, the type of uh, prophets that lived in the days of the Old Testament, don't they? And maybe that's one of the reasons we're, you know, John seems so odd, right? I mean, Ezekiel was running around doing some really crazy things, even for his time. And here now we've got John the Baptist, and he is doing things that society looks at, and they're like, what is going on? Right? It's almost that type of Old Testament prophecy. He's calling out the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the establishment of the time. He is making plain that the way that we are living in society is not the way that God calls us to live, right? And, and so those two things, one, living an aesthetic life, living a life of difference, and then in speech, because John, if nothing else, is a truth teller, is he not? And that is what he's doing. And he's calling for this radical reordering of society that then Jesus comes and makes plain to everyone that this is how we're called to live. But it was John who did it first, right? John who, um, in, from a New Testament perspective, um, laid the groundwork for Jesus to, to come, yeah. Absolutely. Sacrificial. Huh? Sacrificial. That's an interesting word to apply. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't about him. It was about his message. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is to look at the parallels between John the Baptist story and Jesus's story and how the writers of the different gospels use the experience of John the Baptist to foreshadow or foretell the story of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. So let me ask you this. John the Baptist, living that life of disconnection, even um, for the time that he lived in. Tell me how we, can you think of someone who serves in a similar role today? Do we have those John the Baptist types, right? We talked about the saints and we talked about people who were around, but somebody like John the Baptist, who lives a life of authenticity and action and speech. Can you think of, of examples um, today that point us towards uh, the life and ministry of John the Baptist? Please. John Lewis. Say more about that, please. Um, I think of John Lewis because he did what he did for so long. He started out when he was a college kid, you know, literally getting beat up and bloodied, you know, and as a freedom rider, and then spends all those decades in Congress, but instead of settling into Congress and saying, well, I'm part of the establishment now, he continues with his message, mm. even um, as the circumstances change around him. And at the end of his life, you know, he issues that last letter to be read after that article to be published after his death, where he calls on people to keep going, that it's not about him, it's about the cause. Um, 
and and so even though you know he was a congressman, he was one of 435. Um, he, he he kept that consistent as he as he said the eye of the prize. Yeah. What's the point? I'm not the point. Yeah. The point's the point. Right. I'm not the point. Yeah. The point's the point. I like yeah. that absolutely. Um, this this. Um, pointing of John Lewis similarly to John the Baptist. I'm not, I'm, don't look at me, I'm not the one. Absolutely, yeah. Other examples of people who you can think of that perhaps, yeah. I would say maybe Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. presidency mm. mainly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, say more about that. Well, I think he was very authentically who he was. Um, sometimes he paid a political price for that and um, I, I think what he did in his, particularly after the presidency, was really motivated by faith. I think he, you know, his beliefs and his actions were very consistent. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking it makes us a little uncomfortable, but a guy standing on the street corner mm -hmm. telling us to repent, we see that a lot, you know, walking through Times Square. And I may not know those people, but they're certainly following in, in John the Baptist's footsteps of preaching repentance and, you know, the, the end times are nigh. Like, that's, he would be one of those people, one of those people that would really make us uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the Anglican communion, we had several bishops in Africa, in Sudan and in South Africa, who have put themselves out there beyond whatever's politically appropriate or anything and changed their countries. Um, I'm thinking, I can't remember. Somebody come up with the name Desmond of the guy. Desmond Tutu? Yes, yeah. Desmond Tutu and then uh, uh, Bishop Bolandali from Southern Sudan. I mean, uh, I, when I met him, it's, he's a life changer. And, and it's not about him at all. Mm. It's about the message. And definitely Desmond Tutu, who, well. Yeah, so it's interesting because there's overlap on our discussion of saints, right? And challenges, and John the Baptist, right? We're finding him in a number of different ways. Yes? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say Michael Curry, although it's hard to tell what changes because he's still making it. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's right out there. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Gandhi and uh, other versions. Okay. Say more. Why them? Just that their faith was very palpable and they really tried to change what was there. So are we, are we conflating the discipleship of saints with John the Baptist because of the role he serves? Or do we think that these characteristics of saints that we're naming are consistent with the way that John the Baptist lived his life? Does that make sense? Yeah, what do we think is going on here then? Which is it? Or something different? Because the same types of names came up in our discussion on saints as they are right now, as we're looking at the characteristics of how John the Baptist um, lived his life. And I don't think that's because John the Baptist was seen as saintly during his lifetime, um, even though um, we treat him as a saint at this point. 
What, what, do we, what do we think that is then? I think the overlap is um, authenticity. Mm. Because some of the people that we mentioned sort of have that and maybe less the uh, thing of telling people to repent or, or sort of speaking truth to power, you know, saying unpleasant things that are right. Authenticity as the overlap. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And faith. And faith, and faith, of course, always. Um, yep. And again, I think the message comes first. And the message comes first, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a question for you to talk about at your tables for a few minutes um, before we're done. And the question is this. What lessons can we take from John as we work at to be disciples in our own lives? So talk amongst your table mates for a few minutes. What lessons can we take from John as we work to be disciples in our own lives? And we'll come back just a few in just a few minutes and share a little bit about what we've learned. All right, can we start at this table here? Um, tell me what you took from the discussion. Um, Christina was talking about her, um, how she's been dealing with uh, homeless and feeding programs. And basically we ended up um, talking about our frust frustration with a system that is overburdened and um, not as responsive as it should be. So what lessons can you take from John's life and how you approach those issues? Well, the other was uh, um, persistence. <laughs> ah, persistence, persistence, yeah. Yep, all right, let's go to this table back here. Tell me what you might have identified as a lesson to take from John in your life. You're Carmen's gay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we talked a lot, a lot about a lot of different things, but I think one was um, like being loud and proud about your faith and sharing it with people, even if it's uncomfortable, because it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and speaking truth to power, you know, those systems of the world that um, don't work to like progress God's kingdom and to work to change that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. What about you folks in the back there? <laughs> We, we talked about um, <clears throat> hearing a call uh, in maybe a more modern language that uh, there's stuff going on and is there something I can do or any of us can do to make some, but it's not just about what you can accomplish, it's just about being out there, not for yourself, but for whatever God calls you to be or do. Getting out of the way, getting yourself out of the way of the work. Yeah, right. it's not about yourself. Yeah. And and some people hear the call, everyone hears the call differently. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for that. And this table up front? Um, we thought about when you might be in a movement, like Abigail's idea about being the advanced team, that John the Baptist died without knowing what whether any of this was gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. He died before the movement even got going. Um, and that that's okay. You, you don't know where in the movement you are. You're, you may not see results, don't worry about that. 
you you know what the call is, you know what the prize is, you do your piece. Now that's that phrase from the Talmud, right? You may not complete the work, but right. you aren't free to abandon it either. Right. Yeah. Right. You, and, that's a and really so bad paraphrase. John, John was so early. Yeah. Um, he had no, I mean, who knows what his ideas were, but he didn't know where it was going to go and he died before it went anywhere. But he was critical. So even if you're early in it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And he was authentic to the word. And he was authentic to the point, even if it was just getting going. Yeah. Our last table over here before we break. So uh, we went off on a little bit of a tangent, but to try to bring it back. Surprising. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, we think there's a little bit more backstory to the Gospels than is written in that sense, right? Because they almost seem like superheroes, right? Everybody drops everything automatically and everybody's doing all this amazing stuff. But truthfully, not truthfully, but in actual normal experience, you hear things along the way and then they seem to ripen at a certain point, if you will. And John, see, you know, Jesus is always talking about the sower, but John was the tiller. Mm -hmm. He's the one who opened up the ground right and so jesus could spread some seeds and i think you know what we do here what we have in our own conscious make conscious making uh journey is a, pieces of a puzzle that gets to the to the point where maybe we can say aha can we take that action i've been hearing this i've been noodling about it you know god knocked a couple times and he keeps knocking and it's like what is that um so you know, I, I think it's it's all these gospel stories are superheroes. There's nothing to take away from that at all. But we don't want to be overwhelmed by, oh, my God, I can't be a superhero. Right. You know, just take those steps as we were talking about. Just keep taking those steps. Yeah. And, and so and that's that's exactly why we've been talking about discipleship this fall, right? I mean, to bring it all together, um, because we are called to be disciples in our own life, regardless of the fact that we are not superheroes, or we're all superheroes in our own way, right? Because we are all called by God and given uh, work to do while we're here. So. Um, John the Baptist gives us these um, messages of authenticity, of uh, an aesthetic life, of not leaving the work alone, all these different pieces, um, some of which we can take as examples for how we uh, live our lives. And with that, I've got to head on upstairs. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, Pastor.